I'm Rechard van Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 161, for the weekend starting 9 December 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, SABC behaving badly. Oh, very badly. Very, <laughs> very badly. Still. Also this week, the Please Call Me Settlement Talks Breakdown. What a surprise. MTN names a new group COO, and he's also from Vodafone. Samsung's new Galaxy S8 and what's coming and Vodacom uncapped FTTH plans. Quite interesting pricing. Let's get this rocket into orbit. Welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it? Very good, very good. Thanks. Almost the end of the year. This is our second last podcast of the year. Yeah. Next week we'll be doing a, a year-end special, so look out for that. But uh, this week we'll uh, we'll be covering the news as we always do, as usual. Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's get into our uh, let's get into our quiz. Do you want to kick it off, Richard? Sure. The first question: Speculation suggests that Samsung's Galaxy S8 smartphone may be delayed by a month, from March to April. We want to know why. The second question, the DA this week released its annual report card of cabinet ministers. What grades did the party give to telecoms minister Sia Bonga Tuele and communications minister Faith Mutambi? Clue, there aren't A's. <laughs> <laughs> the third question, Tesla has moved into its fancy new high-tech office in Santon. Tech Central ran a picture essay of the new facility this week. How much did the building cost? And that's quite a big amount. It is, yes. <laughs> and it's a pretty impressive office. Yeah. SABC chairman Obet Maguve has a disability. Is he A, deaf, B, dumb, C, blind? The fifth question. Under a planned overall at Ultron, the Fender family will continue to have what percentage of the voting rights in the company as long as they continue to hold 10% of the ordinary shares? And we'll get to that Fenta Ultron story a bit later in the show, but uh, but let's let's get started with the with the other week's news. Um, first of all, what are we drinking this week, Richard? We're drinking um, a Quail Sparkling Natural Spring Water. Yeah, unfortunately, no no beer on the the menu this week. But um, in 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 honour of our little beer segment, I do want to make two high recommendations of beer that I've been drinking oh, yes. over the long... It, it's kind of a new trend that you'll see among certain breweries, but um, it's a, a grapefruit-infused IPA. Now, there are two Ooh, beers... That's terrible. No, it is the most phenomenal summer beer you can imagine. Grapefruit. I don't eat grapefruit, but the, the, the flavoring is nice. I just use a bit of grapefruit zest. Mm-hmm. But um, my two recommendations are Brewdog's uh, Elvis Juice. It comes in a can. Um, brilliant, beautiful beer. I can't have enough of it. Yeah. And then Devil Speak recently also announced uh, or, or launched and introduced a IPA infused uh, a grapefruit infused IPA so get those two oh, if you can see them well yeah. I'm a big fan of the Devil's Peak beers I think they, they make the amongst the best craft beers in the world they do they do uh, and they're actually available they've expanded to the UK now so you can buy them in the UK yeah okay. yeah they're growing quite quite good I'm not surprised they, they make some of the best uh, the, the IPA is absolutely I think it's the best IPA in the country actually well I think there's better ones yeah, they used to have that uh, that uh, that spot I think Blockhouse um, Blockhouse, Blockhouse IPA, IPA yeah, yeah. It's still one of the the IPAs that kind of made IPA a bit more consumer beer in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go try those out. We're drinking water today because we've got a packed afternoon of meetings ahead. But but let's get straight into it on this breezy Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. So SABC, uh, I I mean, that really is the news this week, isn't Mm -hmm. it? (laughs) Parliamentary hearings and what a shambles. What like reality TV all over again. Absolutely shambles. I've been watching bits and pieces of it on reality TV. There's nothing on this. Um, I've been watching some of it on, on the YouTube parliamentary channel. And uh, 
just, I mean, the SABC was never in this sort of state, even in the apartheid days. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it seems like it's it's being it's being you know the circus is being run by the clowns. Um, the the chairman who refuses to step down, even though the board is not quorate. Uh, he's the last sta- standing board member. Um, there, no doubt, to protect Claudi Motsoneng, who s- seems to still think he's running the SABC, even though his title is something like General Executive of Corporate Affairs. <laughs> um, it's it's absolutely shambolic. And I was watching some of it this morning. Uh, Phil Malefe, the former head of news, I think a former acting CEO as well, uh, how uh, um, pressure was put on him to give Claudi Motsoneng a... 500,000 rand increase and when that didn't happen Claudi ran to the said he'd run to, to Pretoria to uh, to get rid of him um, <laughs> Lulama Mokobo the former CEO testifying that uh, that she had threats against her person uh, if she testified in parliament um, she wouldn't say who threatened her um, but uh, um, you know she wouldn't even say if it was someone from the SABC but um, we know that the SABC 8, those journalists who were fired and then rehired, mm. they've also had threats against them and sinister break-ins and all sorts of stuff. So it's all... Jeez, it's like a... It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and how it is allowed to persist to this extent where every political party in Parliament is, is, is fighting this now, including yeah. the ANC. Jackson Mtembo, is big, the chief whip of the ANC, is, 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 has become, you know... I mean, he's livid about what's going on. And there's no doubt that 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 Claudie and the Minister Faith Matambi, they're all there to protect Zuma. Yeah. Uh, Zuma wants Claudie there, so Claudie stays at the SABC, despite the fact that he's running the place into the ground. Uh, despite the fact that um, apparently this 90% local content decision was made on the fly without any discussion with management, um, and no consequence, no thought into the consequence of the impact on the SABC's revenues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the level of detail that was coming out of Parliament this week is just... And I think what's what's even scarier is I think we're just scratching the surface here. I mean, when these guys have gone and you, we get professionals in there to have a look at exactly what's been going on, I mean, what's going to come out of the woodwork? I, I, I mean, I, I shudder to think about exactly what's been going on there. Yeah, I mean, it's, the SABC is running to the ground, in my opinion. If you look at the programming... Uh, oh, it's unwatchable. You, and that's its sole function, right? Um, you know, it's just been a, a catastrophic or, or, like, just numerous errors in judgment, I think, from the management there, and clearly to protect, like you said, a few individuals. And it's so sad, because now more than ever, we need a strong public broadcaster, um, we need relevant news programs, you know, that can inform the people. But well, I would watch the SABC News. Well, no, we won't. I mean, they're professionals there, and it's, it's a real shame. I mean, they're, they're professionals like like Peter Doro and uh, mm. Francis Heard and others at the SABC who are still trying to do a good job in the, you know, despite what's happening there. And I think they 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 do manage to 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 be impartial in their in their reporting, but. When you're being told from on high that you may not report on this, so for example, you're not allowed to cover um, public violence, mm. um, then you know you're working in a very difficult environment. So they've they've done well despite that. I mean, you know, to their credit, I would still rather watch the SABC news than watch ANN7. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but that's just com- going from bad to worse. Which really. has no credibility whatsoever. But <laughs> but. Uh, Oh, what what a what a disaster! Anyway, I, I think the the, the um, what's going to come out there once Claudie and 
and and this this incompetent chairman out of there is is I think we're we're in for we're uh, we're in for a shock. But how can we how can we move on after these hearings, knowing the information we know now? Well, it's it's, it's very clear hearings. that the entire management team, cloudy amongst amongst them, have to be cleared out. Um, yeah, needs to be a, a complete clean-up. McGouvey, uh, the chairman, refused to... Or he, he Remember, they walked out of Parliament mm, earlier mm. in the week, uh, and then he was supposed to testify in parliamentary hearings, I think it was yesterday on Thursday, and he just didn't pitch up, didn't bother to pitch up. So now Parliament, just, Parliament has summonsed him, which it's uh, illegally entitled to do, and now he's legally obliged to appear at, a hearing to, at the hearings on Tuesday. Now, if he doesn't appear, and I, I don't, I'm not sure what the legislation says, but I presume that if he doesn't appear, he'll be arrested. Yeah. But, I mean, how much money, again, are we not wasting on stuff that should be running? I mean, it, it's not rocket science to run a broad, public broadcast, I'm sure. I mean, we've got models to pick, uh, to, to choose, uh, to kind of copy from the rest of the world and really see what works. But how much energy and money we're wasting, and it's just delaying the ine- inevi- inevitable demise of yeah. this company. Yeah. But it, it all, it all, at the end of the day, comes down. I mean, you can all trace this back to the lack of, uh, the lack of leadership in, in Zuma. Um, I mean, Cloudy is there because Zuma wants him there, mm. um, and uh, Cloudy may be there until until Zuma goes. Which, well, that's a scary thought. I mean, again, how can they survive these hearings? It doesn't. If they do, I mean, yeah. it's just the writing's just on the wall. Yeah, but it's an interesting microcosm into the state of South Africa. That, that the public broadcaster can be allowed to sink to these depths. I actually wish I had a beer now because it's really depressing. Because <laughs> <laughs> the SABC, I mean, if you look at, um, and, and I'm doing a lot of stuff in, the, in kind of the video segment, the market segment now, and it's a company or uh, corporation like SABC should be nurturing young talent and being the, be exactly. that platform exactly. where not only content gets provided to the entire country that you know people don't have to pay for the subscription of it uh, but at least get access to good content mm. and they should be driving there's so many amazing technologies that they could be driving or initiatives yeah. that they could be driving um, to really make a, an amazing public broadcaster yes. I mean, we certainly have the talent we have the the, the, the yeah. content yeah I mean, there's an argument to be made that, I mean, I I personally would like to see the SABC reduced in size quite dramatically. Uh, I mean, there's no, it doesn't make sense for it to have however many radio stations it has, several dozen, three television channels plus a 24-hour news channel, Uh, you know, and in a a market where where, where the majority, and it is the majority of people, do do not pay their television license fees, Mm. I'm tempted to become one of them, given the state of the SABC, just in protest. Yeah, Um, but uh, you know, it's um, what's the role of the public broadcast? I, I I would argue that it only needs one channel, hmm. one television channel. The rest can be the rest of entertainment can be sorted out by com- commercial players. Free yeah, but in that, I mean, on that, I think there is, there is space for multiple channels, but they need to be managed properly and they need to have their own focus, yeah. so that talent working on those, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera. I mean, hmm. there's a lot more that we should be doing on that front. Yeah. Um, and but they could, they could be making money. I mean, content mm. consumption is at an all-time high. Yeah, you know? it's, yeah. this is a era to live in for video TV yeah. broadcasting. Yes, um, even though fiber and and uh, kind of the Netflix yeah. era is coming in. But I mean, we're talking about um, local content or you know yeah. live content at least. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Please call me. Uh, this um, service, of course, that uh, Nkosana Makate claims to have invented. In fact, the Constitutional Court found that he did invent it. 
Um, although from all the reading I've done, I'm, I'm a bit dubious about that. Um, uh, speaking to a lot of people over the years and reading a lot of reports on the subject, it, it really does appear to me that the police call me service was in fact invented by MTN. Um, it was invented by Ari Khan, um, uh, who was a contractor, I think, to MTN uh, back in the 1990s. Um, uh, Alan Not Craig claimed to have invented in his book, which uh, yeah. I think the court thoroughly debunked. But who used it first? You had the first please call me message on the network. Surely that MTN. Should be the uh, MTN seems to be the company that developed it. They never, they never, they never patented it, from what I understand. Okay. Um, they, they just let the market uh, use it. That's um, a good move, I think. Uh, but Makate and the Constitutional Court kept found in his favour that he had invented it, and you can't go hmm. to a higher court in South Africa. Um, so, uh, in in effect, the, the courts have found that he invented it, even if he didn't. So they ordered Vodacom to enter into negotiations with him to to settle. Uh, with him and to come up with a fair and equitable um, settlement fee um, which of course Makati believes is in the billions of rand hmm. and of course Vodacom doesn't and um, not surprisingly the talks between Makati and Vodacom are not really going anywhere but now Makati's gone back to the constitutional court asking for more clarity uh, Vodacom uh, saying this is unfortunate um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a mess um, I suppose the danger for Vodacom is that the Constitutional Court then says, well, Vodacom, we're going to get involved and yes, we're going to pay them this much. Um, whether, I, I'm, 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 I, I, I'm not sure that Makati deserves a cent out of this mm. whole thing, but certainly the, the Constitutional Court has found otherwise. Um, but what it's an interesting situation. What do you think is the delay? I mean, do you think he's asking for too much money or Vodacom is reluctant to give? Uh, you know, I think it's both. Um, I'm, I'm sure Vodacom would be happy to give him a cursory amount of money, but I don't mm. think they're going to give him billions around, which is what he's seeking. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's a it's a very it's a very sticky, messy situation for Vodacom. Um, I, I, I think the I think the Constitutional Court erred, mm. uh, based on what every, all the evidence I've seen and and uh, all the people I've spoken to. I think the Constitutional Court erred. I don't think Makati should be paid out. Um, but as I said, it's the highest court in the land, so you can't ignore it, or you can't appeal any further, as far as I know. Uh, um, I don't think you can take it to an international court. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and it's, a, it's bad PR for Vodacom. I think the majority of people are on Makate's side. The majority of South Africans think, oh, here's this, yeah, here's this guy's yeah. done good, he's taken on the big corporate ugly company, and he's won, and, you know, pay him out. Um, uh, I'm certainly in the major minority in, in mm. feeling that, well, actually, does he actually have a case here? Um, I suspect not. But the, who am I to argue? I mean, the Constitutional Court is found in his favor, so Vodacom has no choice but to negotiate with him. Um, but the sticking point is obviously overpriced now and, uh, you know, how much he gets. And, of course, the lawyers behind Makate who took on this case... Um, they're the real winners in this story. Well, they're the ones who want the payout. I mean, they're the ones who took the risk. Makati mm. didn't take any risk here. He, he had no legal fees. Mm. It was the lawyers who took it on on his, on his behalf. Um, so obviously there's a lot of squabbling between lawyers now. Yeah. Makati is kind of the guy sitting in the middle. Okay, yeah, just waiting for payday. Yeah. And the lawyers are going to take a big cut of that, uh, that payment, um, whatever that final payment eventually is. But it's going to be a fascinating one to watch. Anyway, I think we must take an ad break. We'll be back right after this. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. 
Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to business class fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Well, welcome back to the show. Um, so, did you see the news about MTN getting a new group chief operating I did. officer? Interesting one. He's, um, uh, I'm just get his name up on the screen. It's Jens or someone. Uh, he's uh, formerly with a uh, former CEO of Vodafone in Germany, which is, uh, which is an interesting, very high hmm. profile yeah, appointment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the second um, executive from, uh, from Vodafone, Jens Schulter Bockham, German name for you. <laughs> and uh, he's, um, He's taking over his group COO, and of course, from March, um, but MTN will have a new CEO in the form of Rob Shooter. He's also joining from Vodafone. Now, I wonder to what extent um, Rob Shooter had a say in the appointment of Jens Schulter Bockham as new group chief operating officer, because it's, there's no doubt the two know each other well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, in, through their Vodafone connection. So um, the two top executives at at MTN next year will be both ex-Vodafone uh, and their, their, their biggest competitor in their home market yes. will be owned by Vodafone. So we're interested mm. in for an interesting time ahead because the, comp the guys are going to be leading MTN know the competition intimately. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can clearly see there's, there's, there's a need for expertise or there was a need for expertise here that wasn't available locally. You know, some mm. of this international flavors, the guys that know, know the playing field on an international level. Yes. Yeah. Look, I think it's uh, as, a, as an MTN customer, I think it's a good move. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. give us more, better, faster service. Yeah, company. MTN will no doubt come in for for criticism from some quarters for appointing another white male to a senior management position after they appointed Rob Shooter. They came in for quite a lot of flack for appointing Rob Shooter to that position instead of appointing a black South African. Um, uh, I know that Patuma and Klecko, the interim CEO, interim executive chairman, uh, defended that decision. Uh, but uh, you're too white guys running MTN now in effect um, and that has drawn local criticism uh, I don't know if that criticism is really fair they've got a very strong black led uh, team in MTN South Africa uh, and MTN is now even though it's headquartered in South Africa it is a global organization mm. operating in 22 markets so should we really be um, you know ref putting a lens of the South African market on the group mm. um, probably not uh, but uh, no doubt MTN will come in for further criticism from from certain quarters uh, over uh, the appointment of a white male to the position of Group Chief Operating Officer. But they announced a number of other interesting appointments. They've hired so many people in the last uh, six months at a senior level inside MTN. Um, they've also hired uh, the former head of PT uh, um, Global Services in Southern Sub-Saharan Africa, also was a former GM or MD, I think it was a GM or MD, I forget, at IBM South Africa uh, as, um, I forget his title now, um, head of, uh, I think it was head of um, enterprise business or head of, head of business, uh, Oliver Fortain. 
um, and they also appointed um, uh, Bernice Samuels as uh, as head of marketing. So a number of uh, senior appointments there. Uh, I think MTN is going to be an interesting one to watch uh, in 2017. You know, mm. 2016 has, without doubt, been a very bad year for them. Uh, the share price has absolutely pummeled. Um, it was about a year ago now that the news broke, just over a year ago, that the news broke about that massive fine up in Nigeria. Uh, and they didn't handle that all that well, at least not initially. Um, that's that's starting to look like it's behind them, although there's a fresh investigation going on by senators in Nigeria into whether they illegally repatriated $14 billion in profits out of Nigeria. Um, I, th I think they've got a lot of um, regulatory and political issues up there. Uh, but with a completely new management team coming in from next year, Rob Shooter from March, uh, the new COO joining soon, um, uh, a number of other executives that they've announced in recent months. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think that MTN may may be a turnaround story next year. Mm, mm. They're definitely gearing up for something, you know, a change mm. in some direction or thinking yeah. or strategy. It's always difficult to turn around a, a lumbering organisation of that size. It's a big um, ship. It's a very big ship, uh, but uh, you know, I think that um, I think the caliber of people they brought on board there are, you know, they they're, they're heavyweights, and mm. um, I think it's worth watching MTN in the next couple of years. Uh, they've um, they've taken a pounding, not not just in Nigeria, but here in South Africa as well, where they've lost market share to rivals. Um, but um, there's there's signs that uh, the ship is starting to turn, especially here in South Africa. Uh, they seem to have stopped. They seem to have stopped the hemorrhaging uh, under Mteto and Yati. Uh, still a long way to go, but they've invested a heck of a lot of money in their network. Twenty billion rand in the last twenty-four months, sure. uh, which is a massive amount of money. Mm. Uh, we spoke about, this, I think, in the last show yeah. uh, about their network quality and how it's improved. Um, so MTN, interesting one to to keep an eye on, I think. So Vodacom announcing uh, uncapped uh, fiber plans uh, this week. It's the first time they're offering uncapped services on, on fiber networks. Uh, these are um, pricing on, this is pricing on their, uh, on partner networks, so uh, not on their own fiber infrastructure. So they're mm -hmm. announcing uncapped fiber pricing on Vumatel OpenServe, which is of course Telcom Fiberhoods, which is in the process of being bought by Vumatel. Mm -hmm. Century City Connect, which is a small FTTH provider based in Cape Town. Uh, Metro Fiber, which is a Joburg-based uh, and Pretoria, bit of Pretoria, I think, and SA Digital Villages. So, um, interesting pricing, I thought. Uh, fairly competitive. Um, it is actually quite competitive. 100 megabit per second uncapped on Vumatel for 1499. That's pretty much in line with the uh, with the competition, um, although they don't provide free installation on Vumatel, which okay, uh, some of the competitors do. So, in effect, it works out so slightly more. Um, also, I believe there are fair use uh, policies associated with this, whereas some other providers have no fair use whatsoever. Yeah, I've never been on Celsi. Uh, I mean, the pricing is definitely much better. Yes. But uh, I haven't experienced any any throttling, shaping, or soft caps, and it's no, been pretty impressive. My understanding is Celsi is completely unshaped and no fair use policy whatsoever. So if you were to oh, use brilliant. twenty terabytes, <laughs> if you were to use twenty terabytes in a month, they wouldn't they wouldn't cap you, wouldn't do anything. Look, the service has certainly spoken to that. I mean, it has mm. been phenomenal. So. I mean, that, there, there's a lot of value in having that yeah. as opposed to something that's capped and, yeah. and shaped. So I suppose at a headline level, the prices look directly comparable to some of the competition. But once you start to drill down into no free installation on some of the networks, mm. uh, fair use policy and all that sort of thing, then, then the Vodacom FTTH prices are actually not that competitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the 50 meg uncapped here. It's 1099, which is, is slightly... Uh, on Vumatalia, yeah. just just uh, as a comparison, mm. um, and I'm just quickly logging in. I think it's one two or one two nine nine on uh, the Celsius offering. I think it's one one nine one one nine nine. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's slightly cheaper. Okay. Um, I know, the, I know the 100 meg, meg option, because I'm going for the 100 meg option uh, on Vumatel with Cell C as my initial provider. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly the same price. But, and that's uh, happening soon, I believe. It is happening quite soon, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in fact, uh, by the time we record this next podcast, I should have fiber at home, um, which will be fantastic. So just for comparison, I'm just looking at the, the Vumatel portal here and looking at what the other guys mm. uh, are doing. Um, let me just uh, open this. As I drop my water bottle on the floor. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the prices look reasonably good. If you look at the Vodacom fiber hoods pricing, um, that, that's particularly competitive, I think. 100 megabit per second uncapped on fiber hoods for 1099. Yeah, oh, that is very cheap. Yeah. No, no. And 899 for 50 meg uncapped. That is a good price because that, that's that's, price that's, that's about 20 for 20 meg on on Celsius yeah. from which I recently upgraded. Yeah, so. those those are quite quite aggressive. And then interestingly, OpenServe, which is Telcom, the prices are quite expensive. 100 meg uncapped for 2499. Yeah. And a 40 meg uncapped for 2000 rand. Yeah, that is quite. I mean, you should that's be expensive. able to on some of the operators get a gigabit connection yes. for that price. Yes. Um, but again, you know, we, no, we've had some experience now on the 50 and 100 meg lines, 20, yes. 50 and 100 meg lines. And to be honest with you, I don't think many people will go over the 100 meg line. I mean, no. you're really starting to see, even at 50 sense. meg, you, you start seeing servers. Mm. I mean, Dropbox doesn't upload at that speed. YouTube really uploads at anything close to 100 yeah. or 50 meg at least. Yeah. Um, so all for all the practical applications, I mean, it's, it's really just if you're downloading files or updates. or mm. It's um, the symmetrical speed that's most important to me, yeah. actually, because, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm going to use YouTube a lot more. Mm. I'm to dump 1080p or even 4k video onto YouTube yeah, yeah. Um, it makes a huge difference 100 megs up you don't even think about it I mean, I've been I've been backing up so many videos and photographs onto Dropbox, and because yeah. uh, I've got that terabyte space, yes. and it it is the most phenomenal way of using a, a cloud service like that because yes. everything just happens. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going to. I mean, I've got ten terabytes on. I don't know how I did it, but I've got ten <laughs> terabytes on OneDrive. Um, I, I one terabyte of that I get through my um, through my subscription to Microsoft Office, but I don't know where I got the other nine terabytes from. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining, but uh, I intend to. I mean, I intend to take full use of that and, yeah, and uh, yeah. upload everything I own, basically back up everything I own. All my Creative Commons material, which runs into multiple terabytes, I'm just going to dump it all up there. Why yeah, not? Why not? Fantastic! Fantastic! <laughs> um, it's it's going to it's going to transform my my home internet. I'm sure. I and no also, I mean, the, the other benefit is now you'll be able to, with uh, some clever router and uh, software tricks, hmm. your house would essentially be, be you know you'll be able to dial into your house from anywhere. Yes. Um, and have. A, a, like a decent connection I mean yes. you'll have better connection than most, uh, most ISPs had many years ago yes. in a hundred meg up you can yes. drag any file from your uh, home servers I mean I've really been thinking about it I mean I'm, I'm, I'm going to use I've got a, a, a subscription to Plex so you can mm. you can you can pick up other people's content or you can create your own media server at home and anyone can access your, your content uh, over a secure connection which is fantastic for that yes, creative commons yes, material yes. Um, and um, the other thing is you can put in high you can put in HD cameras yeah. uh, all over your house and just stream to yourself so, so on demand so I'm busy setting up some of that uh, two cameras outside the house um, yeah. that you'll be able to control from anywhere yes. f- yeah, it's amazing it yeah. I, I really want it's not something I've researched properly but it's something I want to do so yeah, I'm sure you can put motion sensors on these cameras as well so mm, mm. Uh, if, if, if uh, the camera picks up motion inside your house or in your garden, yeah. it, it'll alert you on your phone. You can quickly pick up your phone, have a look at the app, 
or yes. whatever it is, a web browser, whatever it happens to be, and, and, and have a look. Is there someone on my property? Samsung's got a range of very interesting security cameras, but they're a bit pricey, two yeah. or three grand each. Okay. Um, they're consumer grade, so I mean, I wouldn't trust them for industrial stuff, sure. but hey, they would work uh, very well for that for that uh, application. Yeah, that sounds great. Do they do motion detection? I believe they do. They've got various cameras. Yeah. Um, they also, there are also other companies that you buy separate so yes. motion sensors. Yes. Um, but I've got two very nice access cameras. I mean, they are a bit industrial grade, but um, for what I want to do, uh, I think they're going to work well. It's just finding that server that we don't have a proper cloud. And, and I suspect we might see this in the next 12 months, but we don't have a proper service in South Africa where, where I can rig up a camera and have that video sent to the cloud for recording rather mm. than recording um, on a media server at home. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, the last thing I want to chat about this week is the Samsung Galaxy S8. Um, and I'm actually quite excited about Samsung next year. Um, they had a disastrous 2016 with the Galaxy Note 7. Um, the exploding Galaxy uh, Note S, uh, S7. Uh, sorry, Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> Galaxy Note 7. <laughs> Getting my products mixed up. Um, and um, I, I've got, I suspect that they're going to pull out all the stops with the S8. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to have um, to make up for the, for the errors this year. Mm. And so uh, there's, there's been a report coming out uh, in the last uh, few days from Bloomberg, uh, which we ran on Tech Central, um, giving some insight, uh, some early, some early uh, insight from sources into what this uh, device is going to look like. And it sounds pretty awesome. Uh, it's going to have a full, full wraparound OLED glass display, uh, which, sounds, uh, which sounds pretty amazing. Um, so the, the so the curved screen from the older device was just kind of a, a starting a, a, a point. Starting point of this, and they yeah. had bigger, yeah, bigger ideas for. I it. always thought the curved glass was a bit gimmicky, mm. um, but you know if they're going to take this to where they're suggesting uh, they're going to take it with the S8. Let me just bring up this Bloomberg story here. So said, Samsung Electronics will create an all-screen front for the Galaxy S smartphones coming out next year and scrap the physical home button. People with direct knowledge of the matter said the bezel-less displays will provide more viewing real estate while a virtual home button will be buried in the glass in the lower section, the people said. Hmm. The new phones will uh, only come with wraparound displays using organic light-emitting diode technology. Wow. Um, so it sounds like something pretty awesome. There's been rumors that uh, Apple is going to do something similar with the iPhone 8. Yes, yes, uh, with that uh, four-touch home button. Yes, um, or the iPhone S, iPhone 7S. Uh, if they call it that but uh, apparently yeah. the new one is going to be a major upgrade so yeah. they may go yeah. straight to the 8 um, and uh, apparently they're also going to go with a, an all glass uh, front uh, the, uh, you know possibly getting away with that doing away with the uh, button as well on the front yeah we're going to see a big leap in the technology and mobile devices of next year a lot of VR too um, yeah. a lot of virtual reality augmented reality will be built into these devices I mean I think we're going to see a monumental shift in the way we use our cell phone um more than any other kind of series of products in, in the past. And that only goes to show, I think, the technology advances we've seen coming out of Silicon Valley um, and even from the factories about what's capable, you know, from yes. the glass to the processor to the to the graphics processor because this is really where the kind of the driving factor behind this hmm. technology is. Yeah. We don't know much about this S8 yet. They typically um, renounce it at Mobile World Congress, mm -hmm. which is usually in late Feb, early March. Um, I think it was in early March last year, and I think it may be in early March again next year. Um, but um, the Bloomberg story is speculating that it may be delayed by a month um, so that they can 
Fixing battery issue. Imposing technology doesn't explode. Apparently, they're going to they want to put it through much more rigorous testing. Not surprising to make sure that there aren't any problems that could reoccur like they had with the S with the Note Seven. So I think it's probably a smart thing to do. I believe with the Note Seven, I've read a lot of kind of breakdowns and, and uh, engineers uh, working in the industry looking at the device very closely yeah. and, and trying to figure out where the problem lies. Yeah. And it seems like Samsung was literally trying to cram too much into that device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, battery was too big, apparently. Yeah, but there wasn't space. There wasn't any mm. space for anything. Mm. Um, you know, so it, it was a mismatch from, from all angles. Mm. And maybe it was, you know, again, to gear up for, for, for this new um, spat of technologies that we will be seeing next year in the new devices. Mm. I mean, it's not even an if anymore. It's, mm. it's definitely going to be a jump to something for now. Yeah. But I like the direction Samsung's been going lately. A lot of people suggest that the A7 was the smartphone of the year this year. Mm. Um, well, you know, I think there were some other contenders there, but um, it was a very, it was a very nice device. And people who did get the Note 7 also said it was a fantastic phone. Uh, it looked like if it hadn't started exploding, that it may have been a contender for smartphone of the year. Yeah, and it had a 3.5 mil jack, which is great. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Although the rumor is that Samsung's going to ditch it in the S8. Please don't, Samsung. Please don't. <laughs> well, look, in two years, I'm sure we'll have another conversation where we say, uh, you know, we don't really miss it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want to... Just, it's just a pain to have to carry out all those adapters. Man. It is. It is. No, the dongles is the biggest yeah, it's, it's the biggest issue. Yeah. I've already ordered a whole bunch of them from uh, eBay, um, <laughs> plus USB-C chargers. Nice. Uh, just because you, I, mean, I know I'm going to need them. Uh, mm. And, you know, if you buy cables locally, if you just cables locally, adapters are an absolute rip-off. Yes. You order them on eBay, you pay like a dollar. Yeah. You go to a local store here and you pay 200 rand for cables. And it's usually the cheaper imports we get here than uh, yeah. Yeah, the better quality yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, so I've got some cables coming direct from the States <laughs> that cost a dollar each. Fantastic. <laughs> now we know where to go when we need some. eBay. Yeah, I've eBay. been using eBay a lot. It's a great website and it's priced in rands now. So it's. Uh, and how long does uh, deliveries take? Oh, it takes a long time. Uh, it's, not, it's not something you... It's um, a long-term investment. Yeah, it, it also depends how you ship it. I mean, if you pay more for shipping, you'll obviously get it quicker. Sure, sure. Uh, but a lot of the times, like when I'm ordering cables or something, I'll just say it's surface shipping. It takes two months to get here, it but who cares? Get it, yeah. <laughs> it does always get here. Um, uh, I've got a suspicion Vodacom's going to be ah Vodacom. Amazon's going to be do some doing some big things locally in the next few months, yes. maybe months. years. Ma- months? I don't know. From yeah, a, yeah, maybe an, two. From an uh, Amazon Web Services perspective, no, from an Amazon retail retail. Buying from Amazon, um, having well, the having the infrastructure available here so that you can yeah. buy from anywhere in the world, yeah. and they will just use their backhaul to get the products here. I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast. Yes. They they're in the yes. process of buying Souk.com in the Middle East, S A U K, which is owned by the same pe- same shareholders as uh, own um, Take Take a Lot, Nasparsh yes. uh, and Tiger Global Management. Um, they they got the co- exactly the same shareholders, so Take a Lot would be an o- obvious next target if. Um, if Amazon decided it wanted to expand its retail presence into Africa. Yeah, well, buy it and, and rebrand it, and, you know, you've already got the customer base, and I just yeah. put them on a new platform. And let's be honest, Amazon's platform is so strong worldwide. Yes. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Although, if unfortunately, we're losing the small business, the smaller. I mean, take a lot of, you know, where they came from, humble beginnings and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you can get the product from anywhere in the world, mm. relatively cheap and relatively easily, mm. I'm happy with that. For sure. And if Amazon wants to come in here and put down a warehouse, all the better. Yeah. All the better. I mean, if I lived in the States, I would buy everything on Amazon. <laughs> Get roll. those dots all over the house, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've had a bog roll. Hit the yeah, button. exactly. That's, that's, that's what they do. Yes. 
<laughs> Brilliant. No, I'll think, I think we'll see it. Anyway, let's look at our winners and losers of the week. Let's start with our loser because he's an obvious one, uh, and that's the SABC chairman. Uh, first of all, for uh, leading a walk out of the out of Parliament uh, uh, this uh, week, and then for failing to pitch up at his scheduled um, testimony hearing, uh, and generally treating the um, treating Parliament with an enormous amount of disrespect, uh, claiming, for example, that uh, he didn't have the documents that he needed in Braille uh, because he's blind or partially sighted, um, and uh, even when it was proven that um, the SABC has machines at uh, their offices in Auckland Park that can convert these documents into Braille. Hmm. So he had the means of doing this. And Parliament also invested in machines to convert these documents into Braille to help him. Uh, so the machines were there. So that was a, a nonsense excuse. Um, so, you know, now he's, he's been summoned by the SABC and now he's legally obliged uh, to turn up on Tuesday. And if he doesn't, I believe he can be arrested. Sure. Um, so, without doubt, our loser of the week, and uh, um, he, he seems to be trying to contend with uh, Claudio Mozzaneng to be our loser <laughs> of the year, which we'll choose next week, of course. And our winners this week um, are the Fenters, specifically Robbie and Bull Fenter. Bull Fenter, of course, the founder of Ultron, and Robbie, the current CEO, his son. Uh, they're announcing this week that they're um, going to be uh, relinquishing control of Ultron for the first time in the 51 year history of the group. Sure. Uh, share price went up something like 20%, more 25%, I think, over two days. And um, long overdue, I'd argue, um, Anthony Ball, former, formerly of Brait, uh, through a new venture, I forget what it's called now, BCP, I think, venture, not venture capital partners, but value capital partners, I think that's the name of the company. Uh, they're buying 15% uh, stake for 400 million. And um, it seems that the worst is behind for Ultron now. They've had a very difficult few years. Um, but uh, kudos to Robbie and Bill, for, Bill Fenter for, for relinquishing control, although I did note in the SEN statement that went out that the deal is going to be structured so they still have an effective 25.1% voting share of the company. I guess that uh, letting hard is, is hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they decided to do that. Um, but uh, it's a positive development, I think, for shareholders. And... Um, and uh, you know, a positive development for a company that's got a very storied history in South Africa, uh, and that has been in a lot of trouble. And um, they seem to be pulling it right bit by bit. Cool. Uh, what's your pick this week, Richard? Um, so, holiday season coming up, traveling a lot. You know, trying to figure out what's the cheapest flights when everything is so exorbitantly expensive. I've been using Travel Start's app called Flap with a lot of success over the last few weeks. It's flap with two Ps. Yeah, that's it. Flap with two Ps. I mean, it's a great little device. I mean, if you've used Travel Start, you can... Um, they've taken that simplicity and that uh, great user interface and just put it into an application. Um, and yeah, it's, it's absolutely great. So you, you put in minimal details and yeah. it spits out the pricing for you of all the flights across all the airlines. Um, I love it saved a lot of money because you can also see the flights and it's just a one it works here locally it works locally yeah. I mean it, in, uh, it's just it's, uh, I don't want to go to every every airline's yeah. um, website and try and figure it out you know with this thing it's you can pay via the app as well so oh, I mean nice. it's a one stop solution really 
So yeah, that's Travel Start Flap. Um, free download. It's available for uh, on the App Store and on the Google Play Store. Yeah. Um, obviously a free app, but um, it is really great, and it's nice to see flights, you know, throughout the days that you have selected. Yeah. So you can pick either you want to go in the morning where the price is cheaper or more expensive, or yeah. vice versa in the afternoon. Oh, that's great. I'm going to install that. Have a look at it. it sounds fantastic. Uh, my pick this week is um, is FMB's uh, Tap to Pay. Um, I've um, I've been anxiously looking for point of sale devices that support uh, Tap to Pay <laughs> around the place, and I really haven't found them. My local spa uh, has has implemented FMB uh, point of sale terminals that have a notice on the screen saying Tap to Pay here. When I do it, it says an error. It just gives me an error message, which was endlessly frustrating to yeah. me. The extent I actually spoke to Spar about it, and they said it's going to be enabled at some point soon. Um, but uh, I've since started to find them around the place. My local garage, for example, now accepts tap to pay. I nice. went in, into the garage the other day and uh, handed over my credit card to pay for my goods. And uh, and the, uh, the tenant looked at the card and he just tapped it against the <laughs> against the point of sale and handed it back to me. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's nice. nice. <laughs> that's cool. Um, and of course, you can do that with your phone as well, as long as you're using uh, version five of the FMB app, which was released uh, about a month or two ago now. Uh, you just tap your phone against the point of sale terminal and, uh, and off you go. Uh, it works small for amounts, right? Small amounts, up to 200 rand, which I find is actually most of my purchases. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's seldom, unless I'm doing a big supermarket shop, that it's over 200 bucks. Um, and from next year, it's going to increase to 500 rand. Um, which co- which probably covers ninety percent of your transactions. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Um, and it's it's great. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's it's so convenient. I just um, I, and I'm gonna use my phone more and more where I know it works. Um, which is, I'm actually looking forward to the day when I can just leave my wallet at home and just take my phone with me. Yeah. Um, that's probably still a few years off because I think it's going to take a long time to roll out this uh, tap to pay infrastructure everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with, with with apps like Snapscan and and Zapper and and now F and B tap to pay with your phone. Um, you're not going to have to carry your, your wallet much longer. No, you're right. I mean, if I look at the amount of Snapscan terminals or kiosks that I've seen around, a lot of places that I go to, mm. and beer places, <laughs> um, it's brilliant. I mean, I love using Snapscan. I always offer it over, over, yeah. over any other payment. Me too, me too. I've noticed, um, I, I tend to see Zapper more around in retail in Joburg than, than Snapscan. Um, but certainly when I go to yes, I, I do a lot of in retail because mm. I do, they integrate with the point of sale I think yeah. oh, okay. obviously have some and they'd be I quite think aggressive. Snapscan does the same but uh, Zapper obviously has yeah. it in there for, I, if you go to Cape Town Snapscan is very dominant um, yeah. but up, up here I find uh, Zapper and certainly in Durban where Zapper comes from they're, they're much more dominant than Snapscan mm. uh, interesting two way battle going on between the two of them actually um, well, there's a space I think there's definitely a space you can't, you can't just have one company you know in every point of sale terminal yeah. all over South Africa yeah. I think that it's like Netflix and Showmax. Yes. You know, you have one of each, and yes. you just live happily ever after. But what I, increasingly, I do a lot of trail running. So I got a lot. Of, I go to a lot of trail running events, and um, mm. I always run for my phone. But I never, never with with money or my wallet, which I which I typically leave in the boot of my car. And often you have to park a long way from the start of the race, and yes, you yes. finished. You want to buy a Coke or something. And a lot of these, a lot of these places, they'll sell you, um, you know, uh, shoes or or shirt, t-shirts, running shirts, or burgers or yeah. beers or whatever. Uh, with Snapscan, um, which is fantastic, because then you don't have to go check all the way back to your car wherever you're parked exactly. half a mile away. And it, look, for these small vendors, it makes a lot of financial sense mm. not to have a terminal, a credit card terminal, yes. besides a fees you pay on that. Yes. Um, but you don't have to carry. You just have a little printed board with your code on there. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. That's, it's um, a no-brainer. Brilliant. It's great to see more and more of that, yeah. 
Anyway, we digress. We do. That's our show, apart from our quiz results. Shall we do that uh, yes. quickly? Um, let, me, let me kick it off. Speculation suggests Samsung's Galaxy S8 smartphone may be delayed by a month from March to April. And we want to know why, and that's to allow for more rigorous testing following the exploding Note 7 debacle. Hmm. The second question. The DA this week released its annual report card of cabinet ministers. What grades did the party give the telecoms minister, Siabonga Twele, and communications minister, Faith Mutambi? The answer, an E and an F. <laughs> they barely made it with this 20% pass rule as well. So. <laughs> yes, well, with the new 20% pass rule, they, they would have got passed with flying colors. Um, <laughs> our third question. Sassel has moved into its fancy high-tech new head office in Santon. Tech Central ran a piece or ran a picture essay rather of the new facility this week, and I, I was actually went I went there for the tour, and it's very impressive. Oh. Um, and apparently they cut costs back quite dramatically after the initial plan uh, because the oil price fell so dramatically between when they started this in 2012, 2013, and when it was actually when construction started. Um, but they actually spent about two billion rand on, on it in the end, so it's wow. still a big investment. Impressive building. If you're on Catherine Street in 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 uh, Santon, coming up from the highway towards Central Santon, before you get to the new Discovery building, mm. you'll see it mm. on the left there, um, opposite the new Instant Young or EY building. Um, very impressive, very very impressive stuff. And um, I mean, I, I was just touring this place; it almost made corporate look enticing. Uh, not, nothing would quite manage to achieve that for me. Duncan, but, no, we can't lose you. <laughs> but the gym and the the the, oh, yeah. the, the, the nice amenities, beautiful gym and and sh- uh, sh- three chefs uh, making breakfast and lunch. Um, they had a bar downstairs. They had uh, um, beautiful outside area. Um, whole thing in beautiful glass. Oh, man, oh wow. beautiful looking wow. building. Um, almost, but not in, not quite enough to entice me back into a corporate environment <laughs> do they have bikes right where people can ride around and slide they can go from the top floor to the bottom floor no no not quite it, Google it's offices. not an internet company no. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little, little conservative I mean they've got a little petrol engine vehicle driving around okay not green at all uh, the fourth question SABC chairman Obert Maguve has a disability um, is he deaf dumb blind or blind um, yeah the answer is blind blind and that wasn't a trick question by the way <laughs> question five under a planned overhaul at Ultron the Fenter family will continue to have what percentage of the voting rights in the company as long as they continue to hold 10% of the ordinary shares and the answer is 25.1% so we'll be back next week with our last show of the year uh, we've got some exciting things planned for that show mm-hmm. uh, so Look out for that. Um, uh, hopefully, you'll be listening to the to that show uh, on the way to your holiday destinations. Um, and then we'll, after that, we'll be back, of course, in the new year. And we've got lots lots of cool stuff planned uh, for the new year. Lots of brainstorming to do as well. Um, but uh, we hope you enjoyed the show this year. Um, as I said, we'll be back next week uh, for our final episode. So look out for that. Until then, from uh, Rechot and myself, take care. Ciao. 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 Thank you.